Rush TV. All Indiana politics is your premier source for Indiana politics. Focusing on issues that matter to you. I still want us to be the best in the Midwest. We can't afford another lockdown. Give the citizens of this country the relief they need. Education in the state of Indiana remains priority number one. In-depth nonpartisan coverage. We don't know exactly where the economy will be in January. People are worried with good reason. Exclusive interviews with Indiana's political leaders. We have the resources here in the state of Indiana to care for those who are in need. Expert analysis on critical legislation. We need to reform those laws. This recovery is going to take some time. We've got to anticipate that there'll be a budget shortfall. From Wish TV, this is All Indiana Politics Podcast on the All Indiana Podcast Network. I'm convinced 2021 can be the best ever. Governor Eric Holcomb paints a rosy picture for the year ahead for the state of Indiana. Good, good morning, everyone. I'm Phil Sanchez. And welcome to All Indiana Politics on this Sunday, the state's premier show on politics. And we start today with the state of the state. Governor Eric Holcomb delivered his annual address Tuesday, a virtual address forced by the COVID-19 pandemic and fears of violent protest at the state house. Among the governor's top priorities, addressing the COVID-19 pandemic's devastating economic impacts and using his teacher pay commission's report to raise teacher salaries. When, not if, when we do this, we will be one of the best in the Midwest for teacher pay, and we'll be better able to attract and retain teacher talent, including attracting more minority candidates. Our restaurants, airlines, hotels, and leisure industries, and many Hoosiers who work in them have taken it on the chin. That's why our Indiana Economic Development Corporation will continue to build and allocate targeted grant recovery resources so these businesses and people can build bridges to the other side of these tough times. Women make up over half of Indiana's workforce and should expect reasonable accommodations at their workplace, which often comes at little or no cost at all to the employer. This is why I've come back to the legislature again to ask them to make Indiana the 31st state to pass a pregnancy accommodations bill. We are proud to welcome in Indiana House Speaker Todd Houston. Speaker Houston, thanks for your time. Before we get to the actual speech itself, we all know it was held virtually because of potential uh, violent protests or threats thereof. The legislature gets back to work this week. Do you feel that the state house is safe? I do. And, and you know, we took, we used an abundance of caution uh, this week, uh, working with state police chief Doug Carter. Oh, yeah. And based upon his recommendation, we chose to, to not have session uh, this week, just again, out of abundance of caution, making sure we, we kept people involved in the legislative process safe. and. We're all anxious to get back to work on Monday and, and resume our schedule, normal schedule. Let's talk about the state of the state itself. You mentioned uh, that it shows the governor's steady and strong leadership. Can you expand on that? Yeah, you know, the governor's done a terrific job as this unprecedented uh, set of events have taken place. But, you know, he's navigated us in a way that, that has 
obviously prioritized, rightfully so, public health and public safety, but also made sure that we position ourselves well as we come out of the, the pandemic to, to be strongly positioned for economic growth and development to heal our economy again. There were so many exciting things happen all across Indiana uh, that, that I think, you know, we're going to bounce back faster than, than we already have the states around us and, and continue a strong trajectory forward. Do you believe that the General Assembly needs to do more to help families and businesses struggling from COVID-19? Well, we're, we're stepping up. We know House Bill 1004 puts $30 million towards uh, small business grants, specifically those focused on the uh, on the hospitality industry, which has been most devastated. Uh, we're, we're pumping, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, to, to helping support uh, Hoosier businesses, like getting back on track, getting people employed. Already, you know, record jobs announcements in 2020. I expect the same in 2021. So I think there's a lot of optimism for what's going to happen economically to support Who's your families and who's, who's your businesses? The governor's plan calls for an increased $300 million in education spending. Is that enough? And can you guarantee teachers a raise in the next budget? Well, we're always looking, and, and so is the governor, at, at more resources for education. Um, you know, we partner with our local education, uh, with our local school districts. Obviously, they determine teacher raises. They determine the most the, and best appropriate use for, for those dollars. You know, we raised, uh, we, we increased education funding over $763 million uh, in the last biennial budget. Uh, it's always going to remain a strong uh, um priority for that for the House Republican caucus and and it, it will again this year over half the state budget goes into k-12 education we're focused on that we trust that local schools and local administrators will make sure it gets to the the well-deserving teachers last year the governor pushed for the pregnancy accommodations bill it did not pass he pushed for it again uh tuesday night do you think it will pass this time do you think it should pass you know, we have not had a, a lot of conversations about this as a caucus. Uh, you know, what we've said is is that we want to learn more. Unfortunately, there's supposed to be a, and I, I supported it, a summer study committee this year uh, to understand what exactly all this means. But, you know, we'll, we'll be continue those conversations, working with both the governor and our Senate colleagues and, and uh, advocates to see what we can get done this year. With so much going on right now as House Speaker, what is your main priority? You know, my main priority is I always tell people we didn't, you know, none of us want to go back to, to March 11th, right? We're not trying to go back. And, and, and uh, I said, how are we going to prepare ourselves? How are we going to prepare ourselves forward? I think Indiana is in a unique opportunity. Uh, we, we've got so many things. Uh, the, the great things about Indiana, ironically, have been highlighted through the pandemic. It's a wonderful place to live. It's a great business environment. It's an awesome place to raise a family. And, and we just want to make sure we continue that. We continue to build on it and uh, that, that we, you know, encourage people to, to uh, bring their families and stay in Indiana and uh, grow their businesses here. So I, I'm extraordinarily optimistic about the position that we're in and, and just want to make sure the legislature and, and the General Assembly supports uh, that continued growth. Speaker of the Indiana House, Todd Houston. Speaker Houston, thanks for your time. Thank you. Good conversation there, Brooke. Thank you very much. Now let's welcome in Democratic State Representative Terry Austin. Representative Austin, good to see you. Thank you very much for taking some time. So you saw the governor's speech Tuesday night. Your reaction? Well, you know, it was a, it was a traditional state of the state speech. The governor, I think, took a victory lap to talk about all the great things that 
he believes Indiana and his administration has done. And there are some things I think he has a reason to feel good about. But my concern is I felt like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop because other than mention of the pandemic, the lives lost, um, it's almost as if everything in Indiana is going just great hunky-dory. And I think we've got some real challenges ahead. Um, we've got some real challenges right now. And I didn't really hear a whole lot about how we're going to address them. Well, besi besides COVID-19, I'm sorry to cut you off, besides COVID-19, what are those challenges? Well, let's see. We have 125,000 claims for unemployment this week, um, and that seems to be creeping back up. Um, we still have a number of small businesses that have just shut their doors permanently with nowhere to go, and these folks are begging for relief. Um, the restart program is a good start, but it's not going to help people, you know, for a very long period of time. And the truth is, I'm not sure some of these businesses will ever be able to recover. I appreciate the fact that the governor wants to invest some time and energy in skilling people up, but we made no mention of the fact that we are still near the bottom of all 50 states in our public health rankings. And it doesn't matter how much you want people to go back to school, if they're unhealthy, unemployed, and barely hanging on to pay their bills and keep a roof over their head, they're not gonna have the time, energy, or the resources to actually learn a new skill or a new trade. To that point, let's let's talk education here for a moment. The, the governor has proposed a $337 million increase in funding for schools. Is that enough for classrooms, specifically teacher increases? Um, I think if you listen to our schools, they will tell you that they are facing some significant costs as a result of the increased precautions for COVID. Um, we do hope and look forward to some additional assistance from the federal government. But on the other hand, I guess I'm questioning why we should go out and spend $175,000 on the trails project and on deferred maintenance projects um, when we still for the third year in a row have promised teachers a raise and we can't seem to find the money. I want to go back to COVID here for one moment. Do you think the governor is offering enough assistance to people who are affected by it? Um, no, if I'm just going to take my district or the people who even have reached out to me who don't even live in my district, who are desperate. Um, I know our unemployment system has been totally overwhelmed, but we have spent millions of dollars over the last several uh, state budgets putting money into workforce development, technology infrastructure. I'm stunned that this that this system performs so poorly, quite honestly. Um, and I know that people are working hard to try to resolve it. But like I said, when you're a family or an unemployed Hoosier or single mom, and you've got bills to pay and kids to feed, you can't wait four, six, or eight weeks for your unemployment checks. In regards to the pregnancy accommodations bill, in your opinion, do you think you can get GOP lawmakers to help you pass it? This is the second time the governor has made it a part of his priority package. Um, I'm hoping that he can marshal the, his troops to get them to support it. You know, it did pass out of, I think it passed out of the House last time, but got taken out in the Senate. 
Um, I'm not sure what the problem is over there. Maybe not many of those. Uh, cer certainly, I will tell you, the male-female um, imbalance in the legislative body doesn't help issues like this a lot of times. These guys haven't been pregnant. They don't know what it's like to try to work, manage a family, and carry a child at the same time. I have time for one more question. The state house was closed for the week over concerns about a possible protest uh, in, re in light of everything that happened a couple of weeks ago uh, in our nation's capital. Do you feel safe about everything reopening on Monday? I have confidence in our state police and the law enforcement um, partners that they work with, whether it's FBI or a Metropolitan Police Department. I think they do an incredible job of trying to make sure that the Capitol is both open to the public, but at the same time, a safe place for people to gather, convene, and do their business. So, you know, certainly this closing was an act of, I think, prudence. But on the other hand, I don't think it will stop us from getting our work done in the end. We'll just put our heads down, plow through it, and try to turn out the best legislation we can. Every business is unique and has a target audience. If you own or manage a business, Circulus Digital Media can help you connect and grow your customer base with turnkey digital solutions that are nimble, offering best-in-class results, service, and support to reach a bigger customer base, allowing you to pinpoint a specific audience down to the smallest details. Get outside the city, the state, span the globe. Put Circulus Digital Media to work for you. Get started now at CirculusDigital.com. That's CirculusDigital.com. All right, welcome back to All Indiana Politics on this Sunday. The inauguration of President Joe Biden meant the end of office for Indiana's Mike Pence. Pence flew back to Indiana Wednesday afternoon, just three hours after Biden took the oath of office. The now former vice president told the crowd of several dozen people that serving in the White House was the greatest honor of his life. We had to come home to say thank you. Thank you to family and friends people of Indiana who have stood by us every step of the way on this journey. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your prayers. The week may have marked the start of the Washington career of Indiana's Pete Buttigieg. The former South Bend mayor appeared before a Senate committee Thursday looking to become the transportation secretary for President Biden. He called the new administration a, quote, generational opportunity to create new jobs, fight economic inequality, and stem climate change. I've seen a lot of enthusiasm and impatience for this, frankly, across uh, two or, or more presidential administrations. But what makes this time different is that we're also doing this in the context of a need for economic recovery. And so I think we're going to see a lot of alignment between the president's stated goals and approaches on economic recovery and what we have needed to do for a long time anyway. Reaction after the hearing showed his confirmation appears headed for smooth sailing. The Senate has not yet scheduled a vote on his nomination. We'll keep you posted. Coming up, the first days of the Biden administration fighting COVID-19 and setting up for a Senate impeachment trial. That's next on All Indiana Politics. Welcome back to All Indiana Politics as we welcome back Democrat Brian Getty and Republican April Gregory. Good to see you both. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're in the first week of the Joe Biden administration, guys, and, and it's a different tone from the White House about COVID-19. And Brian, I want to start with you. I know this is what you've been waiting to hear, right? 
Absolutely. President Biden has hit the ground running. I mean, he has a much more aggressive approach to fighting COVID-19 than the previous administration. And there's no doubt about it with President Biden now in charge of the White House, we're going to have a um, just a war footing. This is the war we're, we're up against, this pandemic. And I think he's going to take charge like uh, President uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt did during the during the Great Depression. And I think he's going to have, it's fitting that he has a portrait of FDR in his office because that's the kind of leadership we're going to need. April, quickly, your thoughts on his first week in office or almost first week? Oh, my. Hi. I mean, at first he had killed 11,000 jobs, and now he's going to start taking credit for getting COVID back on track. I mean, we already had a plan. It's Operation Warp Speed. The, the vaccines are in the states, they're in the clinics, they're in the doctor's offices, in the pharmacies. It's up to states to execute. And here in Indiana, we are executing vaccinations in a very robust way. And then you have states like uh, Governor Cuomo, who's literally sitting on vaccinations. We're vaccinating a million people a day already. Uh, that equals 100 million people that Biden wants to do in, in the first 100 days. So he's not doing anything new, especially by saying things like, oh, we're a mask mandate. And then he doesn't even follow it himself. Okay. So it's, it's just kind of interesting. He's going to start taking credit for just, just to be clear, because you were breaking up there for a second, you're talking the, the jobs you were referring to. Is that Keystone? Is that what you were talking about? Right, right, with the Keystone Pipeline. Okay. April, I want to stick with you here for a moment, because uh, you were a big supporter of President Trump and, and the vice president. Did they fail in their response to the coronavirus? No, the vaccines are there. President Trump promised vaccines by the end of the year, and he delivered. And now... Now, the states have vaccines to to uh, implement all the vaccinations. And, and so the promise is kept. Brian, your response? Uh, um, absolutely not. That's, that is definitely not the case. Uh, President Trump was warned, or actually now former President Trump, was warned by Dr. Fauci that the coronavirus was deadly. It was um, it's it was more deadly than the flu. Uh, he, he he himself said in uh, tapes with uh, Bob, uh, Bob Woodward, I want to always play it down, you know, um, but yet he knew how deadly it was. And then we have over 400,000 Americans dead, more that have died in World War II in one year. Um, President, Former President Trump's um, response has just been abysmal, disastrous. So I think the, the evidence is obvious. He failed at his job. President Biden will do a much better job, and I'm really looking forward to him tackling coronavirus and, and getting it under control. Let's talk impeachment now. Speaker Pelosi says the House will deliver the article of impeachment of President Trump to the Senate. April, should senators hear the case and vote? And does this prevent a push for unity, in your opinion? Uh, certainly does. There's been a lot of talk about uh, unity from the Democrats uh, the past couple of weeks, and it's pretty interesting the way that they will attack 75 million Trump voters and then uh, call for unity. Um, and no, impeachments um, come up with almost every president. Um, uh, w. Bush had impeachments brought up. Trump had impeachments brought up. W. Uh, the other George Bush had impeachments brought up. So. This is not anything uh, abnormal to have an impeachment articles brought up. That doesn't mean anything's going to come of it. Brian, I have less than a minute left. You're the, you're the Democrat on this panel. Um, your thoughts on impeaching the president after he's out of office. Should they go, go ahead and do this, or should they well, maybe back well, off? Well, absolutely. He let, uh, let's, let's be blunt about it. He, uh, his speech uh, inspired this insurrectionist mob 
that was actually even going down there to threaten not only uh, former Vice President Mike Pence's life, but also uh, Speaker Pelosi's life. So what are we supposed to do? Just look the other way as uh, as presidents inspire insurrectionist mobs? Uh, he has to be held accountable, and he will be held accountable. And I know Speaker Pelosi and Majority Leader Schumer will hold him accountable. And I think he will be convicted, and I'd be very surprised that he's not. Uh, you just answered my last question there. So you, you're a yes, he will be convicted. April, quickly, yes or no, will he be convicted? No, he won't be. Okay, we'll see what happens. Thank you for joining us for All Indiana Politics. On this Sunday, we'll be watching what happens with impeachment this week and with the General Assembly uh, getting back to work. And we'll be back here next Sunday morning at 930 you can also listen to us anytime by downloading the All Indiana po Politics podcast. It's part of the All Indiana Podcast Network on wishtv.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. From Wish TV, this is All Indiana Politics podcast on the All Indiana Podcast Network. Watch All Indiana Politics live Sunday mornings at 930 on Wish TV and at wishtv.com. Subscribe to this podcast and listen weekly here on the All Indiana Podcast Network. And be sure to discover even more great podcasts at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.